The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. On his way to the end zone. I'll tell you what, that was a spectacular play. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. What a play! Off to the races! some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, Heath, and Ben. Let's take a look at day two of NFL free agency here on the Fantasy Football Today podcast. Adam Azer, Jamie Eisenberg, and fresh off a four and a half-ish hour fantasy baseball salary cap draft last night, Chris Towers. Sleepy. Are you sleepy, Chris Towers? I'm a little I'm sleepy. A little, I'm a little sleepy because I had to do the, the mock draft and then the fantasy football today not a mock draft. So. It was not a mock. Oh, the real draft. It was yes. legit. So I, uh, yeah, I, I didn't get to bed until about 3 a.m. last night, Oof. but I'm good. I'm ready. That's early Drank for some Jay- Diet Coke. I'm, I'm, I'm wired. Oh, I didn't know Diet Coke did that. Um, very unhealthy. You should, you should, you know, drink water. Jamie, no, you're, you, you should, I, I should drink more hot bean water with <laughs> tons of sugar like everyone else every morning. That's much healthier. Jamie and I, I don't think any of us drink hot bean water. Is that right? No coffee here. We're a coffee free no show. I'm drinking coffee right now. Ah, uh, Ben, you're not on the show. You're not on the show. I'm sorry. Time to mute myself. <laughs> All right. Let me tell you guys something crazy. Who's the most like weekly on a weekly basis, the most inconsistent wide receiver, the most frustrating wide receiver in fantasy? Marquise Brown. It's good. There's no right answer Um, here, but who else would you say? Who's the poster child for like, do I start him? Do I sit him? Oh, he went out. He went off. He was on my bench. I would think it's, it's generally a Marquise Brown type. So I think historically, Will Fuller's been that kind of guy. I think, uh, Ben, Deshaun come on. Jackson. Ben knows. You're going to say John Brown because he I'm just signed. I'm not going to say him. Ben? It is someone who just signed. Yep. It's Marvin Jones. Marvin, Marvin Jones, Jones yeah. right? Yeah, exactly what I said. Marvin Jones. It feels like Marvin Jones signed a week ago. <laughs> yeah. Mar- Marvin Jones to the Jaguars two-year deal. He's actually been one of the most consistent players on a yearly basis. Six straight seasons on pace for 103 to 115 targets. Four straight seasons on pace for 107 to 115. In those six seasons, five of them with Detroit, on pace for 903 to 992 yards four times. On pace for nine touchdowns or eight or nine touchdowns, I think, in four straight seasons. And guess what? Two years ago, he finished tied with DJ Chark in points per game in PPR. He was 20th. Last year, he blew DJ Chark away. He was 25th, and DJ Chark was in the 40s. Obviously, Kenny Galladay barely played last year, and that helped. Um, but but uh, it's three years in a row where Marvin Jones has been 29th, 20th, and 25th per game in PPR, 29th, 17th, and 22nd per game in PPR. And the year before that, four years ago, he was a top okay. top 12 player. Okay. Tech, all right. You said Marvin Jones was wide receiver 25, and that is technically correct. Per game. The best kind of correct. He had eight catches for 180 yards and, and two touchdowns in week 17. Marvin I, Jones was not the, the number 25 wide receiver in fantasy last year. That's all I'm going to say. Okay, but it... All right, but I'm, I'm just saying, you look at... Uh, you look at 
the production, and that's what it was. You know, that's what it was. I can't help that it was in week 17. I just thought that was interesting because you know, you know, how much higher are you going to rank DJ Chark over Marvin Jones? Jamie, I'm assuming you're going to keep DJ Chark ahead of Jones. I am. It's about 10 spots, but you know, I mean, we'll see how this all shakes out. Uh, Jones is the third Jaguars wide receiver for me. I think Chanel takes a step forward. So, but they're all you know, number three, number four caliber wide receivers at this point. You know, we got to see how Trevor Lawrence looks in the NFL. You know, hopefully he's Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow and, you know, uh, you know, a rookie that steps in and could be great right away or at least, you know, great enough to help his receiving core. Um, but there's still an if. You know, I don't want to get caught up in the, hey, last year's two top rookie quarterbacks were great producers. Two top rookie producer quarterbacks were great. Um, can, the, can this guy be great as well? I'm hopeful, but – you know, uh, Jones and Chark and, and Chenault still have stuff to prove. Jones going now to new offense. The one thing that you like about Jones is Daryl Bevel's the offense coordinator there, and he was the guy with him in Detroit when he had his success. I just yeah, got to say that, that Jamie's outfit today is just top-notch. <laughs> Yankees hat and a really funny T-shirt. I can't really describe it. But is it, well, I'll just try. It says dad joke loading and it has like the loading bar. And that's just great. I hope you're watching on YouTube, youtube.com slash fantasy football. Adam, I think you'll like my shirt. What is that? Cats. Oh. Cats. <laughs> it's a Kansas City based minor league baseball team from the 1950s. Nice. Very good. Yeah, I want no part of uh, the Jacksonville wide receivers unless they go outside of like the top 40 at wide receiver. I think. Like if I have to draft Shark as a number three, I, I think I'm probably just gonna pass because I, that just looks like a mess right now. Yeah, it's pretty nice. It's pretty hot, especially because it might be a pretty low volume pass offense, at least relative to, you know, how bad they should be. I, I, I was looking at Dave's, um, Dave's write up of when the Jaguars hired uh, Urban Meyer and. You know, between Meyer, the offensive coordinator, uh, you know, these are both situations that have been pretty run heavy throughout their careers. Obviously, you know, the Jaguars should be trailing a lot so that they won't be 50-50. But, you know, I I could see a scenario where, you know, Trevor Lawrence only throws the ball 540 times, which is relatively low in today's NFL. Well, here's some of the news we're going to go through today. Stuff that happened either yesterday or early this morning. Uh, so Kansas City released Damian Williams and re-signed Daryl Williams to a one-year deal. Detroit signed Jamal Williams, two years, $7.5 million. John Brown to the Raiders, Marvin Jones to the Jaguars, Andy Dalton to the Bears, Emmanuel Sanders to the Bills, 49ers getting Trent Williams on a massive deal, highest paid offensive lineman ever, and they signed center Alex Mack. Uh, how about, uh, would you guys rather have John Ross or, no, just kidding. John Ross of the Giants. And that's, Big boss. That those are the major news items. Uh, and I don't think we're going to talk too much about the Patriots tight ends. We spent a lot of time talking about them yesterday. So let me start with this. Based on the recent news, Damian Williams released and Jamal Williams signing with Detroit. We know he's a pass catching running back or has been. Who would you rather have now? Clyde Edwards-Elair or DeAndre Swift? Jamie, first word. Still Swift, uh, but it's not close. Um, you know, this this is it's not awful news for DeAndre Swift, but it's not great news for DeAndre Swift. You know, I mean, Jamal Williams, like you said, 
He can play on passing downs. He's obviously a veteran guy that I'm sure Dan Campbell and the offensive coaches there, Anthony Lynn, will trust. Um, but, you know, Swift should still be the lead guy there. The problem is, is it's going to be a bad team. They're going to be trailing a lot. You know, touchdowns are going to be hard to find for, I think, both these guys. And so how much will Williams hurt Swift? So he goes from, I think, a borderline first-round pick to a late second-round pick now. And that's kind of where Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, I think, was going to end up anyway. Mid, mid to late second round pick for first one. Chris, go ahead. Yeah, I've got, and it's funny, I've got Clyde Edwards-Lair five spots in my running back rankings higher than DeAndre Swift, which you know sounds like a decent gap, but it's actually five projected fantasy points. So there is a jumble between basically from number eight to number nine, which is Derrick Henry to Clyde Edwards-Lair for me in PPR. There's about a 17 point gap. And then between Clyde Edwards-Lair and David Montgomery, who's number 17, there is a 14-point gap. So there's just a the number two RB uh, group this season, for me at least, is very interchangeable. Well, is this significant news, the release of Damian Williams? It, it feels like fairly significant news. I'll just give you guys some numbers here, give everybody some numbers. I've said it before. First six games before the Le'Veon Bell trade, Clyde Edwards-Elair was on pace for 285 carries and 56 catches. He was a top 12 running back. He only scored one touchdown, but the total yards was on pace for more than 1,800 total yards. And he had almost every carry. He had like 80-something percent of the carries, running back carries for the Chiefs. And then after the Le'Veon Bell trade, Darrell Williams was still very uninvolved. He had 22 carries in 10 games, and 16 of them came without Clyde Edwards-Elair playing. Um, so you just compare Edwards-Elair to Bell. Edwards-Elair had 74 carries and 15 catches in seven games in that stretch. In those same seven games, Bell had 46 carries and 10 catches. It was a more even split. It was a little bit annoying, but Edwards either was always the lead back, and Darrell Williams was very, very uninvolved. I guess really maybe until the playoffs when Edwards either was banged up. Um, so I don't know. You know, Jamie, this felt like kind of big news because Damian Williams is good, and I, I think this is, I think this is potentially great for Clyde Edwards either. It's very good. I just don't think the Chiefs are done with their backfield. I mean, you know, they've kind of showed you that each of the last two seasons with bringing in guys, uh, veteran guys, you know, so are they going to just stick with CEH and, and Daryl Williams as the top two guys or does somebody else come in? You know, so we'll see. Uh, I, I think Edwards Lairs certainly benefits without Damian Williams there. He benefits with the addition of Joe Tooney. Um, you know, they were apparently really in on Trent Williams. Um, I'm looking at a report right now that they were, you know, part of the reason why the, the cost became so expensive for the 49ers where the Chiefs were offering a big deal. So we'll see. They're also bringing, you know, in Kyle Long for a visit, um, you know, former Bears offensive lineman. So they're they're trying, and that will certainly help whoever's going to be back there. But, I mean, Edwards Lair's the lead guy. You know, I, I think, as as Chris said, however you look at them, they're going to be a few spots apart, and and they should be. You know, they're both uh, in, in different situations have the opportunity to be good. Uh, Swift, I think, is in – a uh, worse situation, but you know he might prove to be a little bit more of a better talent. And Edward Solaire, his situation is the most attractive thing about it, but he didn't fully take advantage of that last year. Okay, well, you're not taking advantage of your opportunity to get into our, our podcast league. You need to join our bracket challenge. We'll be tweeting the links out. Games start on Friday. Uh, I'm obviously in it. Dave, Jamie, Chris, Heath, I'll be in it. Go to cbssports.com slash FFT brackets. Winner gets a spot in the podcast league. 
And if there are any ties, I will have to settle them randomly. Winner also gets a $100 Paramount Plus gift card. Love Paramount Plus. It is freaking awesome. Great, great selections on Paramount Plus. And who enters just one pool? You can also create a group to compete against friends and fill out your bracket for the chance to win a Nissan Rogue. Wow. And a trip to the 2022 Final Four. Giving out a lot of stuff here. Just go to cbssports.com slash FFT brackets. Marvin Jones or Emmanuel Sanders? That's easy, or is it? Well, I don't know if it's easy. Who'd you rather have? Uh, I, Jones by a lot. Okay, it's easy. Yeah, That's what I, I, don't, I guess Jones. Had, had to ask. Emmanuel Sanders to the Bills. Emmanuel Sanders, number four wide receiver? At best. I mean, it, it's, it's really an odd fit because... I mean, you know, he doesn't do a lot of things down the field anymore. And so uh, Ben and I were talking about this before the show started. Like, I don't understand why John Brown couldn't work out a deal to stay there. Like, he was so cheap. And so did he want to be the number one? Because he's, you know, technically could be the number one for the Raiders. Uh, did he want out? Did they want him gone? It just it just seems like a, a strange swap to go from John Brown to Emmanuel Sanders when you have Cole Beasley there who can obviously do a lot of the short area stuff. Um, you know, I, I think... You're starting to hear a lot of, and we may be emergency podcasting about this today. Uh, maybe Zach Ertz to the Bills. So, uh, it just the the Sanders signing there is weird to me. It's a little disappointing. I, I really like Gabriel Davis. I wanted to see what what he could do with an expanded role, and and I would think he'll get more than the work he had last season. I think he only had like fifty some targets, but you know, I, I would have liked to have seen what he could do with ninety targets. And I think it's going to be harder for him to get there now. Okay, next up, John Brown with the Raiders or DJ Chark? Who would you rather have, John Brown or DJ Chark? Uh, if the Raiders are done, that's a good one. Uh, I might go John Brown. I think that makes sense. I don't know what their hierarchy is going to look like. Um, I do. But Waller. <laughs> Yeah, no, that, that, I meant among Brown. the wide receivers. I would say Brown over Ruggs. I got to give they him that. Get, they can still get Juju, you know, if they're still in on him. Man, Juju's still out there. Galladay's still out there. Fuller's still I mean, out Chark, there. I, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm going to take that back. Chark has a higher ceiling. I'm going to go Chark. I, look, John Brown has, uh, has had 2,000-yard seasons and was on pace for that with Joe Flacco before Lamar Jackson took over. Last year, I think he was on pace for about 900 yards. And uh, he's got an opportunity to get a lot of targets. If you look at 2019 for John Brown, he was the number 22 wide receiver in fantasy. That was on an offense that threw 513 times for 3,476 yards and 21 touchdowns. That was before Josh Allen was good. Now, the Raiders' pass offense is actually a little bit underrated. Last year, they threw nearly 4,400 yards, 28 touchdowns. Of course, Darren Waller is going to get more targets than John Brown. But, um, you know, how do you how do you value John Brown? Is he a number three receiver, number four yeah. receiver, number three? Number He'll three. be a number four for me. I think um, you look at on, what Chris. Aguilar did last year. I think the numbers could be somewhat similar. Um, the question, though, is you mentioned that their their pass offense is underrated. They are losing offensive linemen by the minute. That's true. And, and you know, this, yep. this could be a little bit of a struggle. You know, you need time to get the ball down the field. And if Carr doesn't have the time, we know he's uh, – He's not exactly the quarterback that you think of in, you know, handling pressure the best. You know, yeah, but that, I, I, but their their I, I, offensive line was in shambles last year. 
Like Incognito yeah, barely you, played. I mean, you just lost two key pieces. But they were, were well, Hudson was, how many games did Brown, Brown played five games last year. Incognito barely played last year. I don't know how many Hudson played. I think he played a lot. But uh, no, that's that team has, for, they went from having one of the best offensive lines in football to we just have no idea what the Raiders offensive line is going yeah, to be. Yeah, I mean, I, I saw one of the Raiders beat writers say like they, they spent all this money on the offensive line and didn't win with them. So, you know, what, what was the purpose of holding on to them uh, at, at their cost? So we'll see, but it's not it's not encouraging. So you know, Rugs and John Brown have a very similar skill set. Brown's clearly a more established player, more established uh, receiver, but you got to feature Rugs a little bit more at this point. You know, otherwise, why'd you make the investment in him? Well, that's what we asked about him as a rookie. You know, I, I, I the thing that I struggle with is no wide receiver on this team got more than eighty-two targets last season. Uh, Renfro had 77 Aguilar had 82. I think you can probably shave a decent amount off of Renfro and you know, give some of those to rugs, but are they going to take 15, 20 targets away from Waller and give them to John Brown to get well, him I mean, to Brian like, Edwards is a guy that they like too. And they got to get sure. him the ball a little bit more too. Yeah. And, and, and they didn't really throw to their running backs as much last season as they had in years past. So I just, I, with John Brown, I just don't think there's a ton of opportunity there. I think he could be someone who ends up with like 900 yards and, and six touchdowns and, you know, finishes as wide receiver 27. But, you know, you probably wouldn't view him as the number 27 wide receiver most weeks. Mm-hmm. Would you rather have Odell Beckham or John Brown or DJ Chark? Beckham. Beckham. What about, is this crazy? Is it crazy to ask about Tyrell Williams at this point? The Lions still don't have a wide receiver, <laughs> a number one. Uh, I mean, this is the the dream setup for Hawkinson, so hopefully he's the one that you're looking at, like we talked about Waller. But yeah, I mean Tyrell Williams and Quentin Cephas, you know, these are the two guys you got to look at right now. But they can't be done. You yeah. Know? And, and and the teams that are wide receiver needy at this point, you know, as we're sitting here recording this, are in a great spot because there are all these guys still available that are going to see their prices just drop and drop and drop. And so guys are going to have to get jobs. And if they're going to get paid, they're going to have to go get paid in situations that they might not like. Today could be fun. Uh, fingers crossed. Today could be fun. I hope we got a lot of it bonus could be fun or it could be another drawn out process. I mean, you know, guys don't have to sign today. They kind of like, just do it. They don't have to, but it'd be nice <laughs> if they did. All right. Last one, Damian Williams or Chris Carson. Who would you rather have? That's a question. Yeah. Like uh, you're the I dolphins. Would- I would rather have Chris Carson. Yeah, by far. Uh, He's why? probably four years younger, I would guess. I'm making that up. It is could he? be much closer or much further. But Damian <laughs> Williams, Williams, Williams is, like, is 29. Yeah. 20, he's coming. He's, he's fresh. He's coming he? off. Yeah, he's fresh. He didn't play last year. I kind of like that. Was the last he's, running back he's three years younger. How do you do? Marshawn Lynch actually did pretty well. How did Le'Veon Bell do? Uh, that, that doesn't matter. That had nothing to do with that. That had nothing. Le'Veon Bell was in decline before he sat out a year. That was that. That was, I think, pretty clear. I think Damian Williams is a byproduct of being in the Chiefs. All right, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, all right, we're gonna take a break here on fantasy football today. Look, nothing happened yet. Barely anything happened yesterday. Okay, I got to come up with something. Give me a break. There's a lot that happened yesterday. Andy Dalton, we'll talk about that. Will you stop? Will you just be critical? Today, yesterday sucked. It was boring, and not only that. It crushed two tight ends. Yesterday crushed Hunter you Henry had, and you John had two Smith. teams get potential starting quarterbacks. You had oh, two backfield. of the worst quarterbacks. You had backfield get messed up. Wait, by the way, who's the other team? 
The Ty- Texans. Tyrod Taylor. Oh, am I supposed to get excited about that? Oh, man. I'd say I'd get excited about it, but it wasn't boring. It was boring. It's boring. I'm with Adam here. Thank you. <laughs> Commercial break. When we come back, uh, Allen Robinson talk, Cole Beasley talk, and we got emails coming up later as well. We got to talk about offensive lines. We haven't really done enough of that. Fantasy football at CBSI.com with your emails, and we'll be right back. What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Selling a little... Or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast let's go value up down or the same how about lavisca chanel value up down or the same with the addition of marvin jones same yeah i didn't move him where is he He's uh, number four for me. Allen Robinson with Andy Dalton. Dalton not guaranteed to be the starter. Allen Robinson, value up, down, or the same? Same. Yeah. Played with crappy quarterbacks before. (laughs) It's just, it felt like destiny. Andy Dalton's the perfect quarterback. Hey, they tried. They tried to get Russell Wilson. So give them credit for at least doing their due diligence. But uh, yeah, poor Allen Robinson. Value up, down, or the same for Josh Allen with Emmanuel Sanders replacing John Brown? Same. Yeah. Cole Beasley? Uh, Same. Maybe a little lower. Is there anyone I'm missing? You mentioned Gabriel Davis. Yeah, Gabriel Davis you talked about. 
anyone I'm missing here? Yeah, it hurts Gabriel Davis's chances of being a breakout. I, I still like him as a sleeper, and if this offense is anywhere close to what it was last season, we know it can support, uh, you know, three viable fantasy wide receivers. So, I, I still do like him. We'll see what they do at the tight end spot again. You know, I I think you could see a Zach Ertz addition, whether a trade or signing, if you follow the rumor mill. Um, so yeah, Gabriel Davis, you know, hopefully gets a shot, but who knows how likely that'll be. Here we go. Here's the uh, big yeah, question. We'll pu- John right. Ross moves up. You know, you I think can't I, go anywhere else. <laughs> well, we kind of forget, you know, in 2019, he was on a thousand yard pace. Yeah. What was it, in four games in the first four games? Eight games. He played eight games and had over 500 yards. I'm not, I'm not saying John he, Ross, but is, he went, he didn't, he have uh, the game. Yeah, like he, the first two or was, three games. He was, he went bonkers. Yeah. yeah. Um, but you know, there's an opportunity there and he's not entirely without talent. We've seen flashes from him. Like, you know, I wrote in the, in the newsletter today, you know, the giants needed wide receiver help and then they signed John Brown and they still need wide receiver help. Um, John Ross. I wish they signed John, John Ross. Brown. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I would imagine they're still going to add someone else, but, um, you know, he, he, he could be worth a, a late round flyer. Yeah, th- that's definitely a team that's going to either draft someone or sign someone. Uh, hopefully, hopefully today, sign everyone. And uh, this is the big question I think that people really want to know. In a PPR league, who would you rather have? Jamal Williams or A.J. Dillon? <laughs> Dillon. Uh, yeah, I haven't done Jamal Williams' projection yet, but I, I would think Dillon. I think they're both three to four wide, uh, running backs. You're looking for whoever gets hurt in front of them and who's yeah. got the higher ceiling. If, if A.J. Dillon's a starting running back for the Packers, he's a must-start play every week. Jamal Williams would be just in the conversation. By the way, we definitely need a Dillon from Predator, a Predator-Dillon drop, right? Dillon! We definitely need that. So I'll work on that. That's a hell of a reference by you. Come on. Come on. Don't even. No, it's good. I, I yeah, but you don't you don't sound surprised, okay? I'm an Arnold guy. Who's yeah, the, I just started watching Dark Fate this morning. I, I don't know what that is. Is that Arnold? Terminator, Dark Fate. Oh, oh, he's not the in the last that. one. Is he in that? He hasn't been. He's not the part that I'm up to. He's not in it yet. Oh, but he's uh, in it. Yes, he is. Oh, yeah, yeah. They're not. They're, I don't think they're any good after Terminator Two. What do I know? What do I know? Okay. So, any other news and notes? Uh, yeah, 49ers offensive line. How, let's talk about offensive lines. Which uh, which offensive lines, Jamie, do you think either gained the most or lost the most in the first couple of days of free agency? And going back to the Trent Brown trade last week, but in general, uh, the teams that right now have seen the most gain or, or loss at offensive line. I mean, you look at the teams that got guys. I mean, the Patriots obviously getting Trent Brown. You look at the Chargers getting Corey Lindsay, Lindsley. You look at uh, the Chiefs getting Joe Tooney. Um, you know those are the the ones you're going to start with, and obviously the 49ers keeping Trent Williams and getting Alex Mack. But the but, but the Patriots and the Chiefs in particular, the Patriots are lost Joe Tooney, got Trent Brown, and they're, they're probably going to lose they're, David. They're Andrews. probably going to lose their center David Andrews. So are they a net negative? Seems like they are. And then the same with the Chiefs, they lost both of their starting tackles. So it's probably it's just, I guess it's probably just too early to tell, right? It's too early to tell. I mean, again, I was just I was just starting with the, mm-hmm. the teams that got guys. Um, but 
in terms of them improving. I mean, you know, again, the 49ers, they lost Trent Williams would have been a huge problem for them. Um, and had the Chiefs got Trent Williams, then you could have been talking about one of the best offensive lines of football. And let's not forget they're getting the doctor back, you know, after he opted out last year. So their offensive line benefits in that regard uh, just by that addition alone. Uh, the Packers offensive line makes me a little bit nervous because losing Lindsley and, you know, we don't know what Bakhtiari's status is. Um, could be a little troubling. You know, we'll see what they do. Wherever Rodney Hudson ends up is going to be a big boost for whatever offensive line gets him. And wherever David Andrews ends up is going to be a boost for whatever offensive line gets him as well. So there's still a couple of big names out there. But, um, you know, just in terms of like, I, I like the Chargers being aggressive. You know, I think that yeah. was a big, big thing to help. Justin Herbert. I'd like to see the Bengals do something. You know, I know they're going to be in the mix in the in the draft, the top of the draft, but I, I'm hoping that they could put a better offensive line around Joe Burrow and, and maybe help Joe Mixon as well. Yeah, the Chargers are kind of following the the Josh Allen blueprint with Herbert, where they're, you know, they know he's good. Now they want to make sure that they, you know, build the st- a stable foundation around him. And, you know, I think they've already got the the playmakers that the bills had to go get over the last couple of seasons. So, you know, now they're kind of, you know, moving inward. And I think getting uh, a couple of, you know, starting interior linemen was a, was a really strong start. I'm pretty nervous about Josh Jacobs right now with that offensive line. It's just awful. Yeah. I feel the same way. You know, it's uh, it, it's like, you don't know what the Raiders are doing. You know, their, their drafts, the last couple of seasons have been really puzzling. Uh, their free agent signings have been puzzling. Um, yeah, I, uh, I'm with mm-hmm. you. I mean, look, uh, Gruden's got seven more years to turn this thing around. All right. There, there's no rush. He's a, I actually feel like he's done a pretty decent job. Now they've been respectable. The team, yes. But the personnel moves have been weird. Like you hear some stories coming out of there about like, he's ignoring scouts and, um, Mike Mayock really doesn't have much of a say. And, you know, like the, the Cleveland Farrell pick was, Obviously, the one a lot of people are going to point to, but that was, I think, a Gruden call. So it's uh, it's not exactly going well, I think, behind the scenes. I, th- I think the thing with Jacobs is the volume is going to be so high. You know, 273 carries in 15 games, 242 in, in 13 in 2019. You know, he, he has a legitimate chance to get to that Nick Chubb, Derrick Henry workload level. And it, w- You'd like to see better than 3.9 yards per carry, and I would imagine he'll improve from from 2020 in that regard. But it only matters so much, you know. If he gets 280 carries, like he's been on pace for each of the first two seasons, you know, he he's gonna be a borderline number one running back, especially you know given the the increased workload in the passing game last year. Defensively. Tennessee's been pretty active. They signed Danico Autry, Bud Dupree, and Janoris Jenkins. So they should be better. The Jaguars could end up with some with really good starting cornerbacks. Yeah. If Henderson takes well, depth too. the next step. Yeah, and uh and they signed um Shaq. I always get the Griffin, right? Yeah, Shaq Griffin. Yep. <laughs> Three years, forty four point five million dollars. So he was a really good player for the Seahawks. Yeah, kept Sidney Jones, CJ Henderson. So and they signed defensive tackle Roy Robertson Harris to a three-year, twenty-four point four million dollar deal. So this is oh, been... they signed every defensive tackle. Basically. Yeah, that's true. They traded for one from the Saints, uh, but the Jaguars, Tyson Alu Alu, hopefully Alu-Alu. will be will be a lot better on defense. Um, Can't be worse. <laughs> yeah, let's see some of the biggest some of the biggest defenses. Go back news. to Tennessee for a second because I don't sure. think we talked enough about maybe what Anthony Ferkser could be. He just uh, I think got tendered 
today. Um, he's somebody to keep in mind as a potential sleeper if they don't do anything in that position. I mean, they have AJ Brown and nobody. You know, they don't even have a a, a good pass catching running back. Um, is Adam Humphreys even under contract? Oh, yeah. So it's right now. It's literally AJ Brown and then nobody you've ever heard of catching passes for them besides Ferkser. So um, you know, I don't think he's great. He, he's a pretty middling athlete, but you know, there's a, you know, Ryan Tannehill's done a, a good job of being a very efficient quarterback. And if Ferkser gets 75, 80 targets, that's probably enough to make him a top 15 tight end in this uh, climate, especially with John and Hunter Henry, I think having relatively capped ceilings. Okay, well, I want to talk to you about March Madness and our basketball, our college basketball podcast, because the madness is upon us. And Gary Parrish and Matt Lorlander will take you from Selection Sunday to the net cutting in Indianapolis. This week, they'll help you fill out your bracket and then provide recaps after each day of action as the tournament tips off. If you want the best March Madness analysis, subscribe to the Eye on College Basketball podcast anywhere you find this one that you're listening to right now. Ion College Basketball, one of our longest running, one of our best shows. It goes like fantasy football today, Ion College uh, Basketball, fantasy baseball today in the pecking. Just kidding. Uh, no, we have a lot of great shows. Actually, go to cbsports.com slash podcast and see all of our shows. Uh, we've got a great gambling podcast that's 10 minutes every morning. And I think they have updated episodes throughout the day now to help you, you know, as the lines change. Um, golf, college basketball, college football, pick six, as you know, fantasy baseball. Uh, I'm forgetting some uh, combat. I'll hop in here. We've yeah, got all go. things covered podcast. Brian McFadden. Tremendous. Patrick Peterson is planning on announcing where he is signing on the podcast live. Oh, cool. Awesome. Uh, all right, great. So cbsports.com slash podcast. See it all right there. Time for some emails. Fantasy football at CBSI.com. This is from Cole. Three or 12 team three keeper league. Full PPR. Pick three. Jacobs, Gibson, James Robinson, Miles Sanders, and Allen Robinson. Pick three. Josh Jacobs, Antonio Gibson, James Robinson, Miles Sanders, Allen Robinson. What's the format? Full PPR. Um Sanders. Gibson, Robinson. Sanders, Gibson, Jacobs for me. Boy, the Eagles haven't done anything, huh? So far? Uh, they traded Carson Wentz. <laughs> yeah. And they, they're going to make Dallas Goddard a top five fantasy tight end. So that means you would like him better than Hawkinson. Yeah. Okay. Uh, all right. And email from Scott. Last season, uh, I ended up with seven running backs I'm considering in a salary league. Can you rank them for me? So here they are, and with their salary cap figure out of a $150 budget. Does not say the format. Okay, Nick Chubb at $21. DeAndre Swift at 10 James Robinson at 11 Dobbins at 8 Akers at 11 Gibson for 6 Jeff Wilson for 6 I need how many? He just wants us to rank their values. I th- can we safely put Jeff Wilson last? Yes. Okay. Yes. So I'll recap the others. Nick Chubb is 21 bucks, And then these four running backs are between 8 and $11. Swift, 
Robinson, Dobbins, and Akers. Swift for 10, Robinson 11, Dobbins for 8, Akers for 11, Antonio Gibson, 6 bucks. So who's the best value there? Gibson. I think one. Gibson, yeah. I think I'd go Gibson, Swift, Robinson. I think I might put Chubb last just because he's double the rest of those guys. I don't think he's going to be um, you know, much better than than all of them. So I think I would go Gibson for six, Swift for 10, Robinson for 11, and then Akers for 11, Dobbins for eight, and Chubb for 21. I'd go Gibson one, Akers two, Robinson three, Swift four, Chubb five. Okay, well, here, here's Adam being Adam. Don't agree with the logic here because Chubb is the only proven commodity. The others well, are all rookies. Chubb is, I, I think he has proven himself to be one of the truly best elite running backs in football. And he is more expensive, but he's not expensive. It's only twenty-one dollars out of one hundred and fifty, so it's not like you're oh, overpaying. 150. What's that? It's one fifty. It's one fifty. Yeah. Oh yeah, Chubb would be two. <laughs> Behind Gibson. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think part of the problem for me is, like, I I don't think I have a low projection on Nick Chubb. I have him for like fifteen hundred and fifty total yards and ten touchdowns. And he's like wide receiver or running back 17 for me in the rankings, just because unless he's catching passes, like he in 2019, he had 1,500 rushing yards, 278 receiving yards, and eight touchdowns, and he was RB10. The, and that was when he caught 36 passes, which I don't think he's going to come close to. It's just, it's really hard what to was make he the last math year? work. What was he last year? Well, last year he was, uh, Eight overall, and I think a little higher than that in... Oh, actually, he was actually 10 in... No, this is 2019, sorry. Let I, me, can uh, t- I can tell you. He was nine in points per game, 11 overall, and that was, you know, 12 touchdowns and a, and a 1,500 rushing yard pace. It's... If he rushes for 1,300 yards and eight touchdowns rather than 1,512... And look, this is basically the same thing we said about Derrick Henry last year. Yeah, he made I, us all look stupid. Kind of, he's kind of Derrick Henry. Hey, he, sure, just not going to get. I mean, look, he's not going to get the worst title. As, he hasn't been as good as Derrick Henry. Well, he hasn't had the work. He, he hasn't had the work. That's the difference. He has to split it with Kareem Hunt. But it, right, just but in terms of was, pound for pound sure, running the he, football, he's he's pretty much Derrick Henry. Sure, I wouldn't use the word Kareem, pound for pound and anybody compared to Derek Henry. <laughs> Kareem um, Hunt's still carry, there. Carry for carry. But, yeah, but you're to right. your point, Adam, though, you, you know what you're getting. You know what you're buying. And so that that matters. And I'm sorry to go to this, but 5.2, 5.0, 5.6 yards per carry. In, I have him at 4.9. I, I, I'm not, yeah. I don't think I'm underselling Nick Chubb. Like, well, you, you can tell me. Just, I have I, him for 1,330 rushing yards, 8.5 touchdowns. I don't think projections, that's... Projections are often like... You know, almost like a best case scenario, but but we see running backs have a good year and then they're bad the next year. So it's just I don't see any chance that Chubb doesn't play well. You know, whereas these sure, other five running backs are just not proven. No, that that's all fair, but I just I don't think Nick Chubb's not going to play well. I just I think it's a math problem, and I. I don't love doing math problems, but in this case, um, <laughs> yes, you do. Yeah, but you know, I mean, the, you... the, the the question becomes though is 
are those guys going to live up to the equation? You know, are they going to sure. perform to that level? And you know what Nick Chubb is going to do because he's done it. He's done it in a bad offense in 2019. He did it in a good offense in 2020. He's mm-hmm. probably going to be doing it in a good offense in 2021. And by good offense, I mean good rushing offense. Um, you know, so I, I think with the price being what it is, you're right, Adam. It's not that much of a difference in, in, in $150 cap that the $10 shouldn't offset what you're getting, which is you're buying guaranteed production as opposed to hoping that those other guys can get there because would you trade hope- would you trade Cam Akers and DeAndre Swift to get Nick Chubb? Um that's an interesting point. no, I wouldn't, but I, I, but I, I think you obviously wouldn't. Right, and but I think, I think he can keep all of them because he has to carry up to 16 players. So you don't have to make that choice. So you okay, so you're asking that because Swift and who did you say? Robinson? Swift and Acres, Robinson, Swift and Acres. They they Swift are the same. Dobbins. They are the same dollar amount as Nick Chubb. Um, okay, so if you had to choose, yeah, I would not pick one Chubb <laughs> over two of the of the year two guys. But if Say I am keeping, one, what's that? Yeah, I know. Uh, if I, <laughs> yeah, look, it was a boring day yesterday. I got to spice it up somehow. This is hosting, or like but, even look at it, like Gibson plus Dobbins plus Swift would be twenty four. I, I just like once you start looking at it that way, I just I don't think Chubb's worth that premium. Like he might be better than all of those guys, but to be worth twice as much as all of them, he's got to be. I don't think he needs to be twice as productive, but he needs to be, you know, 40, 50 points over the course of the season more. And I, I just I think that's harder to see. Okay. Email from Matt from a city with no football. Oh, Jamie, let's give this city a football team. Where would you, where, where, where do you think Matt is from? Uh, Sleepy Hollow, New York. Oh, that's, yeah. I was going to say New York. I was going to say New York city or maybe like the <laughs> outer lying, uh, New Jersey area. <laughs> sure. I'll take a team. Okay. Dear Kurt, Tori, Isaac and Marshall. Okay. I, I mean, of, New York technically only has one team. I think he's, it's true. I think he's from St. Louis. Kurt, Torrey, Isaac, and Marshall. I need help with draft strategy in Superflex Dynasty PPR. I just blew up my team. I'm strong at tight end and wide receiver depth, but I'm weak at running back, quarterback, and top-tier wide receiver. Well, that's not good. I have picks uh, in round one, one, two, and ten, and in round two, four, five, and nine. Thoughts on one, two, and ten in round one? Do I go Lawrence... Uh, Lawrence Fields, Lawrence Harris. This is super flex, by the way. And um, yeah, what would you do if you had the first two picks in a PPR super flex league and he needs a quarterback and he needs a running back and he needs a top tier wide receiver? I mean, Lawrence is easy. So you're taking him. And then, you know, I think you just wait out the destination of some of these guys. You know, I mean, Harris and and ETN can end up in bad spots. So you don't want to, you know, necessarily pigeonhole yourself to guaranteeing one of those guys. You could be looking at, you know, Chase or Smith or, Waddle maybe as, you know, superstars. So, I mean, you have the chance to control. I probably wouldn't go two quarterbacks, though. I think I would because in this draft, there's a decent chance you can get Waddle at 110. You know, it's not guaranteed, but depending on the way things go, there's enough running back and wide receiver talent that you could get someone super talented there. And in a super flex, if you get Lawrence and Fields and they both turn out to be even, you know, top 15 quarterbacks in the long run, you know, this is a dynasty league. If, if they're both the 14th and 15th best quarterbacks, 
that's probably going to put you in a really, really good spot. Yeah, but you also could be looking at Trey Lance at 10 or Mac sure. Jones at 10, you know, so. I just think they're, they're much less sure things. Uh, true, but, you know, if you had gone that route last year, you could have gotten Jalen Hurts or you could have gotten. Sure. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm in a pretty competitive analyst Superflex league where I got Josh Allen in round two the year he came out, you know, just because people weren't sold on him. And you just never know how how the fantasy league, fantasy community is going to view that. And if it does go that route, then you're right, Chris. You're going to end up with probably better than Waddle if all those quarterbacks go. You could be looking at the second receiver off the board or the second running back off the board if it's that heavy. Uh, you could also, you know, try and see if you control the draft even more. You know, maybe package 10 and one of those second round picks and move up a couple spots in the first round. Well, here's what you should do. I'm going to be recording two podcasts today with Emery Hunt. I'm going to be asking him about the NFL draft running backs. These are going to be the Thursday morning and Friday episodes of Fantasy Football Today in 5. Because when we talk about the first round and the first six picks or so of a, a dynasty rookie draft, we only talk about two running backs. And what I want to know is how much separation is there between Travis Etienne and Najee Harris and then the North Carolina guys after that, Javante Williams, oh, Michael it's, Carter. it's not that far with Javante Williams. Right. So that's what I want to hear from Emory Hunt. I think, you know, Michael Carter is, is a smaller guy. Maybe he's a pass catcher. Maybe he's a third down guy in the NFL. But I don't know about the running back depth. The wide receiver depth, though, is great. So I know we're obsessed with these three guys. But yeah. last year, obviously, was a great wide receiver class. This year, I think it's supposed to be even better. Over the next few weeks, we'll be rolling out more NFL draft preview content with Emory Hunt in the Fantasy Football Today in five podcast feeds. So running backs are going to be Thursday and Friday Check that out. And I think we have one more email here. For now, it is from Bob Throckmorton. I am in a touchdown-based keeper league with bonus points for 100 yards rushing or receiving or 300-yard passing games. Our league is made of 14 people up and down the West Coast. We normally select our players by a salary cap um, and have to be in attendance. So the past year, the COVID restrictions meant we couldn't get together and we went to a straight draft. Normally, you can protect as many players as you can afford by giving that player a 20% raise. But the rule for the coming year is you can protect only two players. By protect, that means you match the amount bid for that player by the rest of the league since there aren't any salaries from 2020. Interesting. All other players are then removed from your roster. Okay, so they're doing a salary cap draft, and anyone who was on your roster in 2020, you have the right to match the bid and keep. That's how I'm, on, I'm interpreting this, but only two players. Um, all players will be, uh, will be bid on, protected or not. So from the following, who would you recommend I protect? It is a one-quarterback league. Josh Allen, Alvin Kamara, James Robinson, Stefan Diggs, Chris Godwin, and Travis Kelsey. The two Ks. Kamara and Kelsey? Yeah, I mean, they're going to be your most expensive players, most likely. But anytime you can lock in two first-round picks, it's it's hard to overpay for two first-round picks. I have Kamara as the number two RB and Kelsey as the number one tight end. So there, it would be really hard to come out of that feeling like you were in a bad spot. I like Kelsey even more in this format because he only starts two wide receivers instead of three, and it does not appear to be there does not appear to be a flex. So actually the one thing I'm thinking is that bonus for hundred yards rushing and receiving Kamara's probably well, less likely to get that bonus than most running backs. It's a great point. I forgot it's um, a touchdown heavy league. 
so that might make me lean digs although you know Allen, if he's what he was last year he was a 300 yard passer nearly every week mm, yeah um, i forgot about the for, the scoring there after reading that whole email <laughs> uh you want to change your answer no yeah Allen. it was half the game so that's a big deal yeah um I think I might go Diggs and Kelsey then in that in this specific format. But if you went Kamara and Kelsey, I would have no issue with it. Kamara's going to score a ton of touchdowns too. All right, fun trivia wow. question. They just they just uh, the compensation that the Bears offered for Russell Wilson. Can you guess it? Oh, three first round picks and the deed to the franchise close uh three first round picks and two seconds three first a third and two starters two starters i, I was gonna say four firsts and mike ditka's hall of fame bust <laughs> i'm gonna guess one of those was khalil mack so Man. let me ask you this trivia question and the show this is this is gonna be good here we go everybody think okay. put your thinking caps on alvin Kamara has played 60 regular season games. How many 100-yard rushing games does he have? I'm going to say f- five. 11. Three. Yep, he has more 100-yard receiving games than 100-yard rushing games. He's yeah. had seven in his career total. Four receiving, three rushing. Mm. Interesting. Okay, everybody, thanks so much for your emails. We'll try to read more. We got Apple Podcast questions we'll read on tomorrow's show as well. And we'll be back uh, with bonus pods, hopefully, throughout the day. Talk to you soon on Fantasy Football Today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.